Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is April 9th. On this day, Confederate in 1865, Confederate General Robert E. Lee agreed to surrender his army of Northern Virginia, marking a symbolic end to the Civil War. The overall Confederate surrender took place in stages over the following two months, with the other Confederate armies reaching surrender agreements after Lee met with Union General Ulysses S. Grant at Appomattox Courthouse. But the loss of Lee and the Army of Northern Virginia was a fatal blow to the Confederacy. Lee's troops had been besieged by Grant's Union forces at Petersburg and Richmond for a 10-month period starting June of 1864. Lee used his considerable experience as a combat engineer to have his troops dig trenches to slow the Union advance. But on April 1, 1865, Union forces led by General Philip Sheridan took a critical transportation link at Five Forks and Grant broke through the Petersburg defenses the following day. Lee and the Army of Northern Virginia withdrew to the southwest, harried by Grant's forces. On April 6th, about a quarter of Lee's army surrendered after it was cut off from Lee from, and surrounded by Union forces. The next day, Lee and Grant started corresponding about a possible surrender of the rest of the Army of Northern Virginia. Grant said, It was my duty to shift, from myself, shift myself from the responsibility of any further effusion of blood by asking of you the surrender of that portion of the Confederate States Army known as the Army of Northern Virginia. Lee then asked about surrender terms. The two military leaders agreed to meet under truce at the home of Wilmer McLean at Appomattox on the afternoon of April 9th. A sharply dressed Lee and Lieutenant Colonel Charles Marshall arrived first, followed by a slightly disheveled Grant and his officers, a group that included Robert Todd Lincoln. The generals had met once before during the Mexican-American War, and they briefly chatted about the experience. Lee then asked Grant to write down the surrender terms, which allowed Lee's officers to keep their sidearms and horses, and a similar provision was provided for Lee's cavalry and artillery troops. All of Lee's troops were allowed to return to their homes and not be disturbed by the United States authorities so long as they observed the paroles and laws in force where they may reside. Grant also provided rations for the starved Confederate troops. The generous surrender terms avoided potential trials of Confederate leaders and served as a blueprint for other surrenders that followed. After the papers were signed, Lee and Grant shook hands, and after Lee mounted his horse, Grant and his officers officers saluted Lee, who returned the gesture. Approximately 28,000 Confederate soldiers laid down their weapons over the next three days and returned home. After the April 9, 1942, U.S. surrendered of the Bataan Peninsula on the main Philippine island of Luzon, To the Japanese during World War II, approximately 75,000 Filipino and American troops on Bataan were forced to make an arduous 65-mile march to prison camps. The day after Japan bombed the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, the Japanese invasion of the Philippines began. Within a month, the Japanese had captured Manila, the capital of the Philippines, and the American Filipino defenders of Luzon, the island on which Manila is located, were forced to retreat to the Bataan Peninsula For the next three months, the combined U.S.-Filipino Army held out despite a lack of naval and air support. Finally, on April 9th, with his forces crippled by starvation and disease, U.S. General Edward King Jr. surrendered his approximately 75,000 troops at Bataan. 
The surrendered Filipinos and Americans soon were rounded up by the Japanese and forced to march some 65 miles from Maravillas on the south end of the Bataan Peninsula to San Fernando. The men were divided into groups of approximately 100, and the march typically took each group around five days to complete. The exact figures are unknown, but it is believed that thousands of troops died because of the brutality of the captors, who starved and beat the marchers and bayoneted those too weak to walk. Survivors were taken by rail from San Fernando to prisoner of war camps, where thousands more died from disease, mistreatment, and starvation. In the aftermath, America avenged its defeat in the Philippines with the invasion of the island of Leet in October of 1944. General Douglas MacArthur, who in 1942 had famously promised to return to the Philippines, made good on his word. In February 1945, U.S. Filipino forces recaptured the Bataan Peninsula, and Manila was liberated in early March. After the war, an American military tribunal, they tried Lieutenant General Hama Masaru, commander of the Japanese invasion forces in the Philippines. He was held responsible for the death march, a war crime, and was executed by firing squad on April 3rd of 1946. On April 9th of 1959, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, introduced America's first astronauts to the press, Scott Carpenter, L. Gordon Cooper, Jr., John H. Glenn, Jr., Virgil Grissom, Walter Shira, Alan Shepard, and Donald Slayton. The seven men, all military test pilots, were carefully selected from a group of 32 candidates to take part in Project Mercury, America's first manned space program. NASA planned to begin manned orbital flights in 1961. On October 4, 1957, the USSR scored the first victory of the space race when it successfully launched the world's first artificial satellite, Sputnik into Earth's orbit. In response, the United States consolidated its various military and civilian space efforts into NASA, which dedicated itself to beating the Soviets to manned spaceflight. In January 1959, NASA began the astronaut selection procedure, screening the records of 508 military test pilots and choosing 110 candidates. This number was arbitrarily divided into three groups, and the first two groups reported to Washington. Because of the high rate of volunteering, the third group was eliminated. Of the 62 pilots who volunteered, six were found to have grown too tall since their last medical examination. An initial battery of written tests, interviews, and medical history reviews further reduced the number of candidates to 36. After learning of the extreme physical and mental tests planned for them, four of those men dropped out. The final 32 candidates traveled to Loveless Clinic in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they underwent exhaustive medical and psychological examinations. The men proved so healthy, however, that only one candidate was eliminated. The remaining 31 candidates then traveled to Wright Aeromedical Laboratory in Dayton, Ohio, where they underwent the most grueling part of the selection process. For six days and three nights, the men were subjected to various tortures that tested their tolerance of physical and psychological stress. Among other tests, the candidates were forced to spend an hour in a pressure chamber that simulated an altitude of 65,000 feet, and two hours in a chamber that was heated to 130 degrees Fahrenheit. At the end of one week, 18 candidates remained. From among those men, the selection committee was to choose six based on the interviews, but seven candidates were so strong they ended up settling on that number. After they were announced, the Mercury 7 became overnight celebrities. The Mercury project suffered some early setbacks, however, on April 12th of 1961, Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin orbited Earth in the world's first manned spaceflight. Less than one month later, on May 5th, astronaut Alan Shepard was successfully launched into space on a suborbital flight. 
On February 20th, 1962, in a major step in the U.S. space program, John Glenn became the first American to orbit Earth. NASA continued to trail the Soviets in space achievements until late 1960s when NASA's Apollo program put the first men on the moon and safely returned them to Earth. In 1998, 36 years after his first space flight, John Glenn traveled into space again. Glenn, then 77 years old, was part of the Space Shuttle Discovery crew, whose nine-day research mission launched on October 29, 1998. Among the crew's investigations was a study of spaceflight in the aging process. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Robert E. Lee Surrenders at ConstitutionCenter.org The Japanese forced 75,000 captured Americans and Filipino soldiers on the Bataan Death March at History.com and America's first astronauts were introduced at History.com. The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.